Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome. Hello, everybody. And thank you for joining us for another exciting show of Israel Unplugged. This is the program in which we bring you the unadulterated facts of where we are holding in the redemptive process, focusing primarily on the ingathering of the exiles. No spin, no twist, just facts on the ground. And speaking of facts on the ground, uh, our main host, Josh Wander, is actually on the ground and experiencing the miracle of the ingathering of the exiles. We're going to talk to him a little later. Um, he is at the airport greeting yet another flight of Ukrainian Jews. We hope that there's a significant amount of them who are halachic Jews, who are on the, fl- the flight uh, coming in, running away from what's going on there in the Ukraine, and coming home to Israel. And as we always say, we hope that Jews come home not because they have to, not because they're running away, but because they want to come to the Holy Land. So that's what this show is about. And as always, we encourage you to join us and phone in. It's a live show. Call us with your questions. Uh, we're not embarrassed. We uh, we hopefully can answer or at least can uh, can discuss issues with you if you would like to call us. And also, as always, we want to put a plug-in for our websites, toratzion.com, where you'll find all my books. You can order them and bringthemhome.org. I hope I got that right. Or it's time to come home.com. I hope I got that right. Anyway, uh, you just wrote those, write those in, you'll get it. That's Josh Wander's uh, website. And he has great videos there. And as always, we have a great show lined up for you. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. And um, and again, we have we have Josh on the ground greeting some new Olim, and we'll talk about current events and other important issues. So please stay with us. We'll be right back. did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged, and as I said in the uh, opening remarks, our co-host Josh Wander is on the scene at Ben-Gurion Airport 
receiving new Olim, basically watching Kibbutz Galuyot, the ingathering of the exiles, happen before his very eyes. And we want to go over to him now and uh, get, get his impressions and see, uh, you know, tell us what, what he sees there. Josh. Josh, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Go. So, as you can hear, all of the commotion that is going on behind me, uh, it's because I'm here at the airport, Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, and I am so fortunate to be watching the Gu'ula, the redemption in action. Uh, it's not every day that you get to see hundreds of Jews step off of an airplane um, after closing a chapter in the exile and uh, coming home. This is something that was seen perhaps a couple times a year uh, in Nefesh Benefesh flights coming from North America and around the world. But here I get to see this multiple times a day as flights are being pulled in from around the world, from all over Eastern Europe, from Russia, from Ukraine, from uh, Moldova, Romania, uh, from all of the countries, Poland, Hungary, and they are coming in in mass back to their home, back to the land of Israel. It is something that is incredible to see. It's incredible to be part of. And I don't think that most people that uh, that are watching the news, that are listening to what's going on in the in the conflict in the in Eastern Europe, understand the enormity of what is happening. Every Jew that comes back to the land of Israel, comes back home, is one step closer to the ultimate redemption. And we are watching this being multiplied by the hundreds and even by the thousands every single day. This is something that is incredible. There, this is obviously not the first time it's ever happened uh, in the history of the state of Israel, the modern state of Israel. There have been waves of Aliyah, of Jews coming back uh, from the Yemenites to the Moroccans, uh, many, many Ethiopians, many waves that have come through the years. Every several years we have a mass uh, uptick in Aliyah, and that is what we are witnessing happening here in Ben-Gurion Airport today. It's, like I said, very, very exciting for everyone, for the people that are getting off the plane and uh, starting a new life in a new land. And it's very exciting for us to be able to greet them with open arms, to, to welcome them home, to tell them that this is the final stop uh, in their many thousands of years of exile, of their journey, and finally they have come home. Uh, as I mentioned, I believe, last week, I don't believe as a Jewish uh, refugee. Jewish refugees is something that was a reality 80 years ago when there was no home, there was no place for Jews to go to as they were being thrown out of countries around the world. Today, there are no longer Jewish refugees. Jews have a home. Jews have a place to go to. And anyone who chooses to, and I guess that's the key word, because they have to have the will to get up and go, uh, anyone who chooses to is welcome here. And like I said, we are welcoming them with open arms. I'm here Actually, as we, as we speak, I'm here passing out uh, Playmobil toys, um, different uh, Laline uh, uh, beauty um, products, 
um, roses to the to the to people getting off the plane. Welcome. This is their first um, experience, the first time they've gotten gotten off a plane in Israel. First time for many of them that have ever seen the land of Israel. And we're like I said, it's very exciting for us to welcome them in such a welcoming way. Uh, I think it's an important thing. You, you, you mentioned that there's been upswings in Aliyah, and that's a very important point because you know there's a lot of negative that one can find in the uh, in the state of Israel. We all know it's not perfect. Things are not not always the way we would like it to be. There have been wars and uh, and and we've given up land which of course was very very painful uh, there have been very you know negative aspects but one thing has been constant and that has been aliyah jews the numbers of jews in the land of israel has always from the beginning of the state has grown constantly constantly growing not as much as we'd like it to. We wish it would be even faster and quicker. But that has been happening from the very beginning. Jews are coming home. And it's important to note that that is the most important factor in the redemption. Everyone thinks the redemption is about the Beis Hamikdash, the holy temple falling from the heavens and, and the Messiah himself coming and and redeeming the Jewish people miraculously, and every Jew uh, recognizes God and, and, and returns to him. And there is no question that that is the ultimate goal. But the first stage of redemption is the ingathering of the exiles. The Jews first have to come home before they can be influenced by those holy waters that will be sprinkled upon them. We just read this last uh, a week and a half ago in the Haftorah of Parshat Parah that God is going to sprinkle purifying waters upon the Jewish people. The purification is going to happen only after they come to Eretz Yisrael. First, Jews have to come back physically. The physical return of the Jewish people is the first stage of redemption. It is not a sign of redemption. It is actual redemption. When the Torah talks about Redemption. It talks about the ingathering of the exiles. It does not talk about uh, Mashiach per se. It might hint to him also, but it talks about if your scattered ones will be at the corners of the, of the world, from there Hashem will gather you in. And that is what we are witnessing in our very days. And Josh, especially, is witnessing it with his own eyes at uh, at Ben Gurion Airport. Yes, Josh. Yes, as as we've been saying, this this is a very exciting time. It should be exciting, I think, for everybody, even people that are just hearing the news about such an exciting event in Jewish history of the ingathering of the exiles. But even more so, that somebody who's uh, witnessing it uh, here on the ground, I, I'm. I, I, I'm tempted to say the bracha um, that one makes when uh, somebody is filled with joy. We'll say without the the name of Hashem, shehechiyanu v'kiyimanu v'higiyanu lazmanazeh. That uh, we're able to see. We 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 pray three times a day, 
in our prayers, we say, that we should be able to see with our own eyes the return to Zion. And that's exactly what we are witnessing today. It, it's, it always amazes me that there are large, huge Jewish populations around the globe that, uh, that say this prayer three times a day, and I'm not sure exactly what they're thinking. We've mentioned before on the show the idea that, uh, I forgot who was, was it the Rabbi of Kutsk? I don't remember which rabbi it was, that was once said that there, there are uh, different blessings that one makes uh, during the prayers, and one of them is the Rifa'enu Hashem B'nei Rafei, that we should be healed, people that are sick should be healed, and Barech Aleinu, we, we pray that people that need sustenance, people that need a livelihood, should get that sustenance. And then, what's the next, what's the next one? In the other in the No. Oh, which one? Tikabe Shofagadol Cheroteinu, No. Yes, yes, so the third one is talking about the redemption. So the rabbi said right. that many people come to me for for a uh, for advice, and he says I've never had anybody that was sick and came to me and said, Rabbi, should I go to see a doctor? Should I go to the hospital? I've never had somebody who didn't have any sustenance, that didn't have any money, and say, Rabbi, but should I go get a job? Is that something I should do? But he says, for some reason, people always ask the question about the next blessing, which is talking about the redemption. Should I actually do something to make the redemption happen? And that is, that is the key. The key is that there are Jews that pray three times a day around the globe. And they say these words. Whether they understand them or not, I don't know. But, but clearly, even if they understand what the actual words mean, they may not understand the, the, what is meant by them, which is that this is something... That is real. It, is, it reminds me of the a tour that I once gave of a number of Hasidic boys from Borough Park in Brooklyn. And after the tour, they said to me, Josh, you know, this was an amazing tour. This is so real to you. This isn't even a fairy tale. And it hit me like a brick when they said that. It's not a fairy tale, I said to myself. I guess I said, if, I guess if you live in Borough Park, so you have Little Red Riding Hood and you have the Three Little Bears and you have the, the Beit HaMikdash, the, the Third Temple, I said that, you know, what, what, for us, it's something that's very, very real. We open our window in the morning. I'm fortunate enough to live on the Mount of Olives. And when I open up the window, I see the Temple Mount right in front of me. And a day does not go by that we don't think about how we can, what we can do in order to rebuild the Temple and bring the Jews back to Israel. And it's something, yes, that is very real to us. And unfortunately, there are many Jews around the world that it's not as real as it should be to them. Otherwise, perhaps they would make the move themselves. Yes. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to a break right now, um, and we'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. Stay right here.
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged, and uh, I wanted to uh, continue on something that Josh mentioned when he was uh, telling us about the beautiful uh, things that he is witnessing. He said that he saw he sees hundreds, maybe thousands of Jews coming back to the land of Israel and how special it is. So it immediately brought to mind what uh, what is found in one of my books, um, translated from a book called Michtavei HaChavetz Chaim, or Kol Kitvei HaChavetz Chaim, all the, works, all the other works of the Chavetz Chaim. We all know who the great Chavetz Chaim was, Rabbi Israel Meir Kagan, one of the greatest sages, un, you know, uh, uh, undisputably one of the greatest sages who lived in the last 100, 150 years. Uh, also Tzadikim, uh, and his son, basically in this book, his son relates various different things that his father told him or wrote to him in his letters to him. It was correspondences between the father and the son. So the son writes as follows. I remember how in 1890, 1891, he gives a Hebrew date, but I'm going to make it easier for you. 1890, 1891, when they began to expel our Jewish brethren from Moscow, a great movement arose to return to our Holy Land. The deportees by the hundreds and thousands. You hear those words? Like what Josh said. Josh is talking about one plane load or maybe two plane loads of Jews. And he said there were hundreds and thousands. The Chavetz Chaim or the, his son was talking about Hundreds and thousands of Jews, probably over a two-year period, had decided to do what? They were hastened to find refuge in our forefathers' land. They bought the land there, planted vineyards, and established colonies. And they also uh, established corporations and groups and sent representatives to purchase lands. Homeowners sold their properties and all of their possessions and ascended joyously with their bundle of money to our homeland in the hope of finding their happiness and wealth without too much hard work. That's just describing what was going on at the time that he received the following from his father. At that time, I received a letter from my father of blessed memory in which he brought to my attention the great awakening that was sweeping through all corners of our nation to ascend to our land. He estimated that the times in which we are living are the times of the footsteps of Mashiach. That he said in 1890, because a few hundred, maybe thousand Jews were making Aliyah. And that Hashem has remembered his people. He also said that it is possible that the ingathering of the exiles, which precedes Mashiach's arrival, remember I said before, first we have to 
get back to the land of Israel, and then Mashiach will come? Well, that's exactly what the Chafetz Chaim said. I'll repeat. It is possible that the ingathering of the exiles, which precedes Mashiach's arrival, has begun. And that if we could, said the Chafetz Chaim, we should buy land and go up to Eretz Yisrael. And by the way, it's well known that Chafetz Chaim himself did everything in his power to get here, but it unfortunately wasn't successful. So I always point out, the Chafetz Chaim in 1890, because a few hundred, maybe a thousand or two Jews were coming on Aliyah, instead of going elsewhere, they decided, you know what, we're getting kicked out again from, from Russia, specifically the, the same area where, where it's happening today. Um, so instead of finding another place, why don't we just go home? Why don't we just go home already? Enough with this exile. And they started coming to the land of Israel. And that was the beginning of the Chov of Eitzion and the Zionistic movement. It was all, it all started around those years. And the Chafetz Chaim, because of a few hundred, maybe a very small number of thousands of Jews, were making Aliyah. He said that it's possible that this is the beginning of the ingathering of the exiles. And I always point out, what do you think the Chafetz Chaim would say today? When it's not hundreds and it's not thousands, it's not even tens of thousands, it's not even hundreds of thousands, it's millions, millions of Jews have returned home over the last hundred years, hundred, hundred and fifty years, millions of Jews have returned home to the point where we are probably already the majority of the Jewish people in the whole world. If not already, then very close to it. Do you think the Chafetz Chaim would say that this is possibly the ingathering of the the, the beginning of the ingathering of the exiles? Do you think he would say the word possibly? And do you think he would say the word beginning? This is the beginning of the ingathering of the exiles. This is the we're in the in in the midst of it. We're we're past the fifty percent mark. We're well well into it. And it just brought back that, that memory, the memory of this of this piece, when Josh said that there were hundreds of Jews coming home, and that's in one day on one flight, or a few flights in one day. It's unbelievable the times in which we're living. And and, and just to 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 uh, pick up also on on the other thing that Josh said about So I've said it here many, many times, and I'll say it a hundred more times, that the Nazir of Yerushalayim, one of the students of Rav Kook, said that the way to really understand that prayer is not that one day we should be Zoha, we should be we should merit to see this with our eyes, but that it's for sure happening already. We should just, we, we pray to Hashem that he should let our eyes see or 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 yeah let, let us understand it for what it is let our eyes see it as the ingathering of the exiles and not think that because there's problems because there's issues because not everyone's from and not everyone's which means religious not everyone's even jewish that that are coming back and that's a very sad thing and i and i don't i'm not so thrilled about it i'll be very honest but I think it's all part of the process, and eventually those who are really Jewish are the ones who are going to want to stay, and the others will somehow find their way out, and God or God will do it for us. He'll help us, or, or those people will convert, or they will 
Who knows? I don't know. But it's all part of the process that many, many Jews are coming back. Don't forget, by the way, when we left Egypt, we also left with some other people from other nations that are called the Erev Rav. And I'm not saying that turned out so great because they're the ones who uh, who <laughs> caused the sin of the of the golden calf. But it's a, it's a phenomenon that unfortunately happens when the Jewish people are redeemed. There are other people who want to be part of it and who are or somehow get get uh, dragged in along with the Jewish people. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, so before I go to the uh, to the next idea that I want to share with you, I just want to make sure that, Josh, if you have anything to add to what I said, please join I actually in. just wanted to say that, that when you were talking about non-Jews, and this is something that a lot of people are bringing up about the, the quantity of non-Jews that are also coming to the country, I, as I mentioned last week, I don't know what God's uh, plan is and what's going on. What I could tell you is like this, and there's a, there's a hidden blessing going on. It says that there are three... There are three great presents that are given to the Jewish people, the Talmud says, and they're all given through hardships. And one of those is Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. It is not easy to come to Israel. The people that choose to come here, as opposed to going to places like Germany, where they're offered everything they're on a silver platter, they're offered immediate citizenship, they're offered housing, they're offered medical uh, insurance, they're offered jobs, anything, everything you can want, they're willing to give them immediately on an easy track. Or they can choose to go the, the harder, the, the more difficult path, which is coming to Israel. There is bureaucracy here. There, 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 it's not, it's not, everything is not given to you on a silver platter. And the people that are choosing the harder path, the more difficult path, instead of being given everything on a silver platter, there's a reason for that. I don't know what it is, and I'm sure it's different for each family. But if somebody has chosen to put themselves with the Jewish people and go the harder path to do that and go through all the bureaucracy to do that, there's a reason behind it. And it, it, in a way, it's a hidden blessing because it, in a way it filters people. People that do not belong here won't come here. It's, 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 it's easy as that. I'm saying Jew or non-Jew, so anybody who doesn't belong here is going to choose the easy path to get everything given to them on a silver platter. The people that belong here will go the extra mile and they will go the more difficult path to get here, and that's what we see. We see people that are going out of their way to come here. I don't know what God's plan is. All I know is that these people that choose to be here have a reason to be here. That's beautiful, beautiful. And yeah, we, you know, we all, we don't understand God's ways, right? Lo says the Navi, says the prophet. My ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. We can't question God. But we have to recognize that this is God. We have to recognize that this is all part of God's hand in history. That's for sure. Because to say it's not, I think, is uh, way worse. You know, people say, oh, I bumped my toe. Ah, God's trying to give me a, you know, trying to tell me something. You know, <laughs> he's trying to say maybe I, you know, I walked uh, too fast to do a sin. So he's punishing me and, and hurting my toe. But for some reason, that they'll say. But for some reason... The fact that God is bringing Jews back to, the, the, to his homeland to in fulfillment of his promise of thousands of years ago. No, that's not God. That's the Zionists. That's this, that, and the other thing. It has nothing to do with God. It's just a coincidence. I think that's a very dangerous uh, outlook. And I think it's uh, also disingenuous. It's not uh, disingenuous. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not the truth. I think it's anybody really puts it to the test will realize that it's 
it's just fake. It's just a way. It's a cop out. And it's not the truth. So um, stay with us. We're going to be right back. We have one more segment. And we have some very important uh, ideas to share with you. So make sure you stick with us. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged. And this is our last segment, and we have some very important things to talk about. Because, all right, there's no question that special things are happening, and uh, there's a lot of positive. But we cannot ignore the fact that there's also negatives. Especially, anybody who's following the news knows that uh, we are in the middle of, or at least uh, the end of last week, uh, we were in, the, in definitely in the middle of a new terror wave. We have uh, people here who want to see us dead, and they will do anything in their power to do so. And, you know, we always talk about that there's anti-Semitism in the world, and Jews should, you know, should take the message and understand that it's time to come home. That's That's the way I see it. That's the way Josh sees it, and it's the way a lot of people that we know see it. But we have to be honest. There's also anti-Semitism in Israel. Things aren't so simple here either. So how do I answer that? How do we uh, understand the anti-Semitism and the, the Jew hatred and the, the attacks that happen to Jews here in the land of Israel and then just go along as, as if, you know, oh, the redemption's happening and, you know, don't worry it's part of the redemption. How do we know that? So I want to quote for you a few uh, uh, ideas. Start with a beautiful story that is found in my translation of the biography of Rav Cook, written by Simcharaz. I translate it into English as An Angel Among Men. Uh, actually, it was just reprinted. Uh, it is available. Anybody who wants it can go on my website and order it. Uh, they could also go to certain stores here in Israel, but not it's not yet uh, outside the land of Israel. Anyway, one of the stories is about a meeting that happened between Rav Kook and a certain Rav Meir Yechiel Shapiro, who was known as the Rebbe of Drohobich. He was, uh, and there were a few like him, who were Zionistic Hasidic Rebbe's. Um, He's actually a descendant of the Rizhin line of Hasidut. Uh, the Rizhiner, for example, the Bayaner is part of the Rizhiner. Um, and he is one of the descendants. Actually, there's a beautiful book about his life, uh, which is which I've wanted to translate for a few years now, ever since I read it. Haven't had the opportunity yet. 
maybe maybe someone out there who wants to sponsor me and help me get that book out. It's an amazing book about his life. Anyway, the story goes that a once Sukkot, Rav Cook, it was actually, it says the year, it was in 1923 that Rav Cook went to visit the Rav Meir Yechiel Shapiro in his sukkah, and I think he was, uh, Rav Meir Yechiel was sick. Uh, I don't know if that was the end of his life, or this was just a, you know, some sickness he was going through, but anyway, uh, and he came to uh, to visit him. And the following was the conversation that went on between the two of them. The Rebbe spoke first. He said, My Hasidim ask me why I urge them to emigrate from Poland to Eretz Yisrael. After all, they argue, there are troubles in the land as well. Arabs beat Jews, etc. Now, in 1923, we know what was happening in Europe. I mean, Hitler was soon to come to power. There was tremendous, tremendous uh, anti-Semitism. But it wasn't much better here in, in what was called Palestine at the time, or Eretz Yisrael, as we like calling it. So his Hasidim rightfully asked, you know, why are you urging us to come to Israel when there's problems there also? I answered them, said the Rebbe, that in Poland the Gentiles beat Jews because there are too many of them, while here in Eretz Israel they beat Jews because there are too few. That in of itself is so profound. We have to understand that Jewish people don't belong in exile, and God has a mechanism to make the Jews not get too comfortable in exile, and that is called anti-Semitism. And he makes them hate us and beat us and persecute us so that we'll understand that we're different and that we won't totally assimilate with the or into the Gentile culture. And the more Jews there are, the more the Gentiles hate us and want to beat us and persecute us. In Eretz Yisrael, it's the exact opposite. If we all lived in Eretz Yisrael, that would be the end of our troubles. If we would have a few million more, the Arabs would understand that there's no way they're getting many in this land. Yehuda Shomron, Judea and Samaria would be filled with Jews, not by the hundreds of thousands, but by the millions, and there would be nothing to talk about. There would be no way to give any land away, and basically they would understand uh, that it's just, it's futile to fight us. We are back. The Jewish people are back in the land. So here they beat us because they're too few, especially in 1923. That was certainly the case. So that in of itself is a beautiful answer and it really applies today. But then Rav Cook responded and said, I too was asked this question and I explained the difference between Poland and Eretz Yisrael as follows. There are two medical conditions that people face during their lifetimes. The first is physical degeneracy, which comes with old age. Everyone dreads this condition, even though in and of itself, it is not so dangerous. Like old age is not dangerous. <laughs> People live to ripe old ages. You know, it's not like someone's life is in danger because they passed 60 or 65 or even 70. Nonetheless, everyone dreads it. The second condition, on the other hand, is actually dangerous. Nevertheless, everyone looks forward to it and is happy when it comes. What are we referring to? Childbirth. Childbirth is dangerous. We know that because of the fact that the halacha tells us that you're allowed to be mechalel Shabbat. You're allowed to desecrate the Sabbath in order to help a woman uh, to the hospital or do whatever she needs when she's giving birth. 
because it could be a dangerous thing. I actually, the Kolo that I learned in, one of the Roche Kolo, one of the heads of the Kolo, his daughter, unfortunately, died in childbirth. And this was not so long ago. Unfortunately, that still happens. It's a dangerous thing. But everyone's happy when it comes, right? So what's the difference? This is a big difference, obviously, because old age is the end of life and birth, childbirth is the beginning of life. Said Rav Kook, the troubles that Jews face in Chutz La'aretz are the degenerative diseases of old age. In other words, yes, there's going to be troubles and, and hardships both in the diaspora and in Eretz Yisrael, but there's a major difference. In the diaspora, it's the end. It means it's time for the exile to end. It's the old age. It's, it's, it's dying out. The degenerative diseases of old age. But the troubles we face in Eretz Israel, however, are birth pangs. Yes, we're going through birth pangs. And the rabbis talk about the birth pangs of the coming of the Messiah. Part of the process is that there is going to be troubles and hardships. That is just the way it has to happen. And that we have to understand that. And there's a big difference between the two. We don't say, oh, you know, they're, they're, they want to kill us, so therefore let's run away. Where are we going to run away? This is our homeland. This is where we belong. Uh, <laughs> if we had the time, I just remembered that there was this unbelievable piece that, uh, that I saw in one of my WhatsApp groups. Oh, we have three minutes. Okay, so may, maybe I'll quickly find it. Um, it was, it's actually somebody from my community. I saw the name and I said, hey, I know him. And I saw him last night in shul and I, I actually asked him if this happened and I'll read it to you right now. Listen to this. Uh, here. He writes as follows. I was walking tonight, a, I was walking around tonight. A U.S., a United States yeshiva student here for the year is on the phone, speaking loudly to his mom, trying to allay her fears about the recent atta attacks. He sees that I'm looking and he says to me, can you calm her down? This literally happened. I asked him last night. He said, yes, this is exactly what happened. He was walking around. Some guy was on the phone trying to convince his mother to calm down. And he asked this guy, random guy who is in our community, happens to be a big Zionist. And he says, can you calm her down? He didn't leave me a choice. Gave me the phone. Here, talk, he says. Who are you, she asks. So I introduced myself. So what's it like over there, she asks. Well, I said, we're in our homeland. Some people refuse to accept that. So we have to defend ourselves. But it's our homeland. People walk in the streets, streets wearing kippot, some with seats seat hanging out, people diving on the buses. Shabbat is our Sunday. Passover is a national, national holiday. So I'm not going to lie and say that we're not concerned about the security situation now and weren't concerned in the past when we've had security situations. But this is our place so come and join us. This guy said to this mother, come and join us. Get my son on the phone, she exclaims. He takes the phone. She's yelling at him. He replies, no, mom, this was not a setup. I've never met him before in my life. She continues to talk. The son turns to me. She wants to know if you can get us a place for the summer. She says, if you're so good at Israel, at Israeli PR, you must have connections for apartments. And that's how it ended. Is that unbelievable? When you talk sensibly to people, they understand. And yeah, this woman just understood. Yeah, of course. You know, yes, we're going through hardships, but this is our 
homeland. This is where we belong. We're not going anywhere. Yes, it's hard. It's part of the it's part of the process. We have to go through this for whatever reason. And by the way, if we would return to God, in absolute repentance, we would not have to go through these hardships. We do only because we are lacking in our service of Hashem. May we all return to God uh, physically and also spiritually. And then when we see the coming of the Mashiach Tzidkenu, our righteous Messiah, Sal, Savior, speedily in our days. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you again next week, same time, same channel. The Hitraot from Israel. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.